AM Zanzi, welcome to Farmers Inside Track, episode 158. I'm your host, Dawn Numdu. The foundation laid by the tenacious woman who raised him is how livestock farmer Zabian Devere is able to transform the agricultural sector as John Deere's business development manager for Africa and the Middle East. In today's episode, we find out how, when faced with adversity, Zabian Devere strives. I think you're absolutely amazing. I look at you and I think this is someone that some young person can look at and say, I can do that. I can be that. You're turning 33 and you are the business development manager for Africa and the Middle East at John Deere. Do you ever like do a little tap yourself on the shoulder moment? Honestly, sometimes it feels a bit unreal being in a John Deere environment, but I always try and remind myself that it's grace. It's always God's grace. But I also learned now that I'm getting older to just also celebrate it and sometimes acknowledge that there was hard work that went into it and stuff. So I don't tap myself on the shoulder. But for example, yesterday I made a post about my mom. I was raised by a single mother. And for me, that is the accomplishment because I'm like, wow, mommy, you've done something really good because... I'm a product of how you raised me. And oh, she used to beat me. (laughs) Today, I'm grateful for that. Tell us a bit about your mom, your family. What was life growing up? For the first part of my life, I used to live with my grandmother because my mom worked in Bloomington. I was raised by a single parent. Unfortunately, I had to fill both roles. A very, very Christian, born-again believer household. So you were raised in the values of God, but also very strict. My grandmother used to have a a brown belt. Yo, she used to beat us with that belt with my other cousins that used to live with her. And then my mom moved to Tronsburg. She started working there. And then I lived between her and my grandmother because I was very attached to my grandmother and my aunt. So I'm raised by women. That made me who I am because I think a bit like a woman and the sense of responsibility comes from them. So my aunts and my mom and my grandmother played a big role in who I am today. I went to a school there called Peter Sanders until grade nine. And from there, I moved to agricultural school to basically make sure that I reach more of my potential and what I need to achieve in life. You're a first-generation farmer, so how did agriculture even fit in? Like, what did you think? Like, how did it start? I come from Tronsburg. Tronsburg is a very small town. I'm very proud to say that I come from Tronsburg. We (laughs) idolized seeing wealth and seeing a better life. We idolized agriculture. So you see the farmers driving with their big buckies, having certain things that you aspire to have and stuff. So I didn't see a lot of doctors or lawyers or those things because, I mean, Tronsburg is a small. At some point, we only had one tar road in the middle of the town. The community where I grew up is four streets, all named after flowers. So can you imagine, that was my idolizing to see farmers, to see the buckies, to see the houses when you go to farms. So you'd go visit farm workers and you'd like, look at the house. Why can't I be on that side? They inspired me to say, but I want to be on the other side now. I want to also live in a house like that. I also want to have the opportunities in December, go to the beach and stuff. So that's how my passion for agriculture started. And I always had a love for animals. One of my best things to do in, was catching mice. I would walk kilometers and kilometers to catch mice and snake and wild ducks and all those things. That was how I had fun. Now tell us what happened after college. What did you do after that? While I was in Lombardal, I used to stay in a lot weekends and then I would milk. I was really passionate about that. You wake up five o'clock in school, then you go to the milking parlor and then you clean the tanks and you milk from five o'clock in the morning. Tonight you do the same thing. And then holidays I would work on farms. Mm-hmm. So I would go and work with this guy and then there would not be space in the front of the bucky. I would sit in the back. Sometimes it's winter. Zabin, are you going to stay there? I'm like, no, I want to go learn. So I would work holidays, sit in the back of his bucky, drive up and down and stuff. And I always said to myself, one day I'm going to sit in front of the bucky. And that was always my drive. I'm going to one day sit in front. And when I first bought my Toyota Hilux bucky, it was for me that moment. Like I still get goosebumps if I think about it, but it was my drive. And then when I went to Khurachfontein, I did the same. 
I learned as much as I can. But holidays, I was always working on farms. I was always learning. I was always making sure that I learned from the best in the agricultural space. So in Grootfontein, I did my three-year course there, National Diploma in Agricultural Management, where I specialized in Angora goats. Because I come from a predominantly merino world, and I said, this is opportunity now for me to learn something else. And then that's how I did Angora goats and to learn more about Maui. I know that farmers, agriculturists, people in the agricultural industry know they have to work hard. Did it ever feel like you were kind of pushing against this thing that was constantly pushing back or was the opportunities just there for you to take? No, no, no. It is a very difficult business to penetrate. I strive when things get difficult. I don't know why. And I always tell my mom, I'm like, I don't know why I'm like this. When things are too easy, I kind of feel like I'm not interested anymore. When challenges come, for me, it's an opportunity to grow, to build. There was difficult times. There was times where you don't get acknowledged for what you do. There was times where people are disappointed that you don't look like they thought you would be. Like I would talk on the phone with the farmer and say, hey, I'm coming to you today. And when I get there, he's almost like disappointed to see we're standing in front of him. But I didn't let that put me off. All it tells me is you need to be so good at this so that nobody can doubt your competence. But why I'm always talking about this, not to go backwards, but to make sure that I make it better for my brother that is also now in agriculture, that is also starting at Grootfontein right now. And the rest that is coming. I want to create a platform where you get recognized as a non-traditional farmer to see, but this is possible. You can also be this, or you can even be better. And I said it a few months ago, like, I need to get to a point now where people that know me must now be 10 times better than me. Then that's how I know I've made progress. Tell us about some of your highlights in your agricultural journey. Some of the things where you think, okay, this was now a moment where I thought, well done, Zabian. You did well. One of my highlights was transforming from doing everything in Afrikaans to English. That was a highlight because I went to do my degree in, in Bloemfontein. And then they said, all of a sudden, you're going to do it in English. And I like, oof, I'm not going to be able to do this. Guys, my English was that of self-defense. So the highlight was finishing a degree in record time, not wasting time in English, and then going over into doing other studies also in English. So there's a lot of small highlights, but making the difference, changing people's lives, seeing a farmer starting from nothing basically on his farm and now being a commercial viable farmer. They did some of the highlights in my career. Like, I mean, I've worked on the recap program. We got a green audit from KPMG for successfully helping and converting these farmers into commercial farmers. That's highlights for me. Making a difference was always a highlight for me. One of my biggest highlights, and I know I'll probably talk a lot about my brother. My brother is Bongi. One day I was driving at him. It's like, my brother, I want to do agriculture. And I'm like, why? He's like, no, because I see you love what you're doing. You're passionate about it. Because I never tried to make him or force him into it. But just there, that was one of my great highlights. And I get even bewogged. It's like, wow, did I really make such an impact that he wants to be in agriculture now? I wouldn't say you're new in the game. I think you have a lot of experience that you've built up to date. But what does the future look like for you? Where do you see yourself in the next five to ten years? Is that maybe too far? I don't know. I'm also farming. So I thought now that I have learned a few things in agriculture, I'm, I'm done with development. I'm done with training people. I'm going to go farm and make money. But then I always felt that void. I was almost for two years on the farm. It was in the COVID time also. So I think they had to do a lot with it. But I worked and I, and I did a lot of things. But I felt there was a gap. I missed something. And that was being part of other farmers' lives, being in development, making a difference in other farmers' lives. And then when John Deere and Peritum approached me to do this, and I started getting involved, I realized this is what is missing. So I always see myself that I will always be in the development space, in the space where I want to help other farmers. Like I said, agriculture is a difficult journey for us. I want to make it easier. I want to warn farmers and say, don't do this because this might get difficult or this is a faster way to success and opening up the opportunities that is there in agriculture and making the way. I was now talking to a farmer 
Well, I said, listen, we're living in an age where you don't even need a bull. Mm-hmm. If you have 50 kettle, you don't necessarily need to buy a bull. Do artificial insemination. And it's like, wow, I've never thought of that. I want to make sure that I'm still in that space and I learn enough to stay relevant to help other people. Thank you so much for being here with us. I think in a very short space of time, I kind of feel your heart and know where you're at in the industry. Maybe just the last and final message to all of our listeners, not only farmers in South Africa, but Africa. The one thing I would like to tell people when you come in this agricultural space, the best way to do it is to start. Yeah, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to have to read books. You're going to have to do these things. But start. If I could talk to Zabian 10 years ago, I would have told him, Zabian, just start. You will make mistakes, but you will learn out of them. Don't try and first be perfect at it before you say you start. So if I can tell Africa that, let's start farming. Never mind what it is, just start. Thanks again for joining us here on Farmers Inside Track. Zabian DeVere, Livestock Farmer and Business Development Manager at John Deere for Africa and the Middle East. From me, Dawn Numdu, our producer, Megan van der Vent, and the rest of the Food Film Zanzi team have an absolutely amazing week. Bye for now. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring, and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food for Mzanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story.